0: You don't have to be a Christian to notice that we are now living in a very dark and dangerous world. A world that, by and large, our kids did not help create. Yet, they still live in it, and now they're forced to navigate and survive this dark world that our generation helped create for them. But as Christian parents, shouldn't we be doing more than just helping our kids navigate and survive? Shouldn't the light of Christ living in and shining through us be the inspiration that our kids actually need to help transform the darkness? Well, that brings us to the real question. Is the light within me bright enough to help illuminate a bright future for my kids, or will this dark world continue to be my child's other parent? We'll talk about that today on Licensed to Parent. Well, hello and welcome once again to Licensed to Parent, the radio outreach of Shepherds Hill Academy, a year-long Christ-centered residential program helping teens in crisis and their families. I'm Rich Rosl, and our host on Licensed to Parent is the founder and director of Shepherds Hill, Trace Embry. And Trace, I can think of no better source or sense of security that a parent could bring their children uh, then getting them acquainted with the author of the universe Amen. and certainly in a day when kids just aren't being shown any absolute point of reference for moral right and wrong anymore introducing our kids to that absolute point of reference the truth of God and his word i think is now more important than ever would you agree with that statement oh, boy you got that right rich you know when i see the issues that today's kids are coming
1: to shepherds hill academy with i'm blown away because most of it's preventable yes even, even in today's culture yes Every day, American kids are having pure poison crammed down their throats, and it's destroying them spiritually, morally, psychologically, emotionally, socially, and even physically. When I say poison, I mean the junk that they're getting routinely by way of digital technology, porn sites, social media, video games, and the like, but also via Hollywood, Madison Avenue, sitcoms, late-night talk shows, fake news, MTV, public education, and of course the American staples: sex, drugs, and rock and roll. Rich, have you heard the music these kids are listening to today? I mean, actually,
0: I have music in my (laughs) house, but fortunately, we've got it.
1: filtered somewhat. (laughs) But I'm talking about the music that even we listened to when we were kids. It's it's absolutely uh, insane. And then, of course, there's all the prescription meds that kids are being uh, sucker punched to take these days, much of which they don't need. And we wonder why we have a youth crisis. And way too many Christian parents are complicit in all this Mm -hmm. because even our appetites have now been conditioned for darkness rather than light. Here's what's so encouraging to me. I still see kids getting their lives transformed by the power of Jesus Christ. Why? Because he's offering them everything the world isn't. Genuine love, grace, truth, redemption, and a clear set of moral, absolute standards and boundaries. And here at Shepherds Hill, they're getting all that and a structured and disciplined, authoritative community environment that you and I got simply by growing up back in the day. It's nothing more than God's ecosystem working in real time. And it's giving these kids the healing, hope, and security they need for proper mental and spiritual health, and living the abundant life. But it takes getting them out of today's systemic cultural darkness long enough for them to actually see the light, and then to experience it, process it, and ultimately comprehend and embrace the light. And that's what the wonderful counselor and the great physician actually equips, excites and positions these kids to go out and do. Not unlike today's guest, uh, to actually be that light that exposes the darkness and helps transform the world for Christ. And that's what I really respect about today's guest. She works in an industry where people have a tendency to create their own truth, where uh, people also refuse to come to the light for fear of having today's evil exposed for what it really is. And she's not ashamed of the gospel, knowing that if her position at Fox News ever gets jeopardized, landing a similar position elsewhere may not be as easy as it could otherwise be if she simply played the politically correct game that so many virtue-signaling suck-ups in her industry are plainly doing for... Nothing more than a personal career advancement. Now, she's a virtual signaler, all right, but she's signaling virtue that advances everyone's agenda. And I got to tell you,
0: I really commend her for that. Yeah, as as do I. Well, Ainsley Earhart is the guest we're talking about uh, from the Fox News Channel's Fox and Friends. She's joining us again today uh, after two other repeat offenses of of actually being in our company. But uh, we're delighted that she would uh, come and be with us again today. Now. If you'd like to hear any of those past conversations, let me quickly let you know we've got them on our website at LicensedToParent.org. Now, when she joined us last, Ainsley was flirting with disaster. She was trying to get across Manhattan, which is its own challenge, uh, with her daughter. And part of the time she was in a cab, but part of the time she was walking. And we weren't really aware of all she was going through until we heard the screech of brakes that sounded like uh, they were about 10 feet in front of her. And she told us that there had almost been a car accident in the crosswalk just ahead of her. I think we may have edited that part out <laughs> where, you know, we've got to keep it family friendly. We don't want uh, too much death and destruction that's on right. the program. But uh, suffice it to say, Ainsley is very busy. We appreciate her taking time to be with us again today. And for her safety, we've got her tucked away somewhere much safer so that she can talk <laughs> with us about her brand new book that's just come out called The Light Within Me. It's published by Harper Collins And Ainsley, before Trace gets to say hello, are you wearing the safety gear that we set you?
2: I am safe in a very <laughs> quiet area.
0: <laughs> well, I, I know you're safe because you're in South Carolina and not New
1: York <laughs> City right, right now. That's
2: right. Well, welcome back to the program. I'm visiting my family. Absolutely. so, thank you so much. Y'all have been so good to me, and I really appreciate the support and being there for um, to talk about my books and be there to just um, push me forward and... Pray with me, and, you know, this This industry can be tough, and yeah. so I, I really appreciate having Christian friends and you all support.
1: Well, we appreciate you being with us. Uh, culture has been defined as the ideas, institutions, and interactions that tell a people group how to think, feel, and act. Uh, I think you'd agree that Fox News has an impact on culture uh, to one degree or another. So by virtue of your platform at, at Fox and, and through your books and appearances and in light of the organized church's diminishing uh, reputation and influence on American culture today, do you realize that you arguably have a greater tool for advancing the gospel than the organized church has right now? Because when someone turns on Fox in the morning, they're expecting news. You're often giving, giving them the good news. Have you thought of that? And, and what counsel do you have for people in other locations who might not be able to do a, or who may be able to do a similar thing, albeit on a smaller scale?
2: I think the advice I would give is be yourself, be real, don't be afraid to let God's light shine. We need that so badly oh in our society. Mm-hmm. And I feel like the positive feedback I'm getting from individuals who watch Fox News channel that is that helps me to know I'm doing the right thing because I I talk to people who watch our show and they say thank you. Mm-hmm. We need this in our society well and I feel I feel the the anger and the intense tension when we talk politics in our community. And I don't know if that's because I'm getting older or because and I'm paying more attention or if it's because it truly is worse than it's ever been before.
1: Oh it is. I can tell
0: you, I can tell you what it is I I think we're definitely more polarized than we've been for mm-hmm. ages. Yeah. No doubt mm-hmm. since the Civil War.
2: Well and you know when Ronald Reagan was in office, his best friend was a Democrat and they would You know, they would go to lunch together and have great conversations. And I keep saying this on air. Can't we have different opinions and still get along without Mm -hmm. the hateful rhetoric?
0: I I was curious about this, though, to to touch back on what Trace mentioned a moment ago about you having a great platform in your particular job. Uh, You know, we opened the program talking about how to shine our light in a way that our kids would see it and grow from it. But to stick in the workplace for a minute... um, the career that you're in, when you got into it, you may have hoped to be able to influence things. But when you saw yourself moving into a network position at at any network, because, you know, you may have talked to the other networks as well. I don't know. But when you were looking to come to Fox, was your top priority at that point saying, I will only go there if I can share my faith publicly? Or was that even a factor you were considering when you first had those conversations?
2: To be honest, I just prayed that God would take the wheel and mm. that he would direct my path and he would put me where he wanted me where I could be in his role and influence others for his glory. Mm. Mm, and so I just Yeah, well thank you. I I I just learned through many trials in my life and just being exhausted. And I'm in my forties, forty one years old and I had trial and error. I had to learn that I am much better off and much happier and more content and at peace if I just tell him to take my life. And so I think I've just said to him, if you want this to end, then end it. You see the future. I don't, and I trust you. But while I'm in this position, I will use it for his glory and I will be real and I'll be Ainsley Earhart. I'm not going to be anyone else. And If, um, if one day it's all taken away from me, I, I'm sure that would be a challenging time in my life, but I would just trust the Lord and know that he'll, he'll make it all okay. So with every contract renewal, I just say, God, you know, you take it. If you want me to continue to, to work in this field, then continue to let the contracts come, the opportunities come and,
1: and help me along the way. And that's been the driving principle, I guess you could say, uh, behind Shepherd's Hill Academy. We, we we don't do anything that God didn't first give the green light on. Yeah. We don't want to create any Ishmaels. Mm-hmm. But Ainsley, a lot of mothers uh, like yourself are having to balance their professions with being a mom today. Uh, can you talk about the Proverbs 31 woman and and how and why a mom can, can still be a Proverbs 31 woman regardless of her career choices, perhaps especially if she chooses to be a full-time wife and mother to her family at home?
2: hmm well, my grandmother was a Proverbs 31 woman, and I write about that in the book, how my mother and my aunt spent every waking moment next to her bedside when she was dying of cancer in the hospital. And when the pastor came in to recite scripture with my grandmother, she recited it with him verbatim. Mm. And I never knew that she was such a strong Christian. She lived it, though, and it yeah. made sense when I looked back at at that moment, because she, she lived in what I saw, such a righteous and blameless life. Mm. And she loved others and never spoke ill of anyone else and was in church regularly, but didn't talk about it all the time. Didn't wear it on her sleeve. She, she lived it. She walked it. Mm. And, um, I, I realized that at that moment. And then I read Proverbs 31 and she was all of those things. She woke up before her family. She took care of her husband. She, Uh, Closed her children in in Garnet. She had, everything was in its place. She took care of her household. She just was a worker and did everything as best as she could. She just was such a great example to all of us. Mm -hmm. And so we miss her all the time. And losing her was really difficult. But she was such a good example to me. And she taught my mother so much. My mother is a school teacher or was for 33 years. She retired. But now raising my children, I go to my mother when I need advice, mm-hmm. and she learned from her, her mother. And my mother's not afraid to tell me, Ainsley, that's wrong, or Ainsley, you shouldn't do that. And she, um, she learned all of that from her mom, and so I see the importance of going to Scripture raising our children, because it affects generations. Sure. My oh, grandmother absolutely. was so amazing, and she taught my mother, she taught me, and now hopefully I will teach my mm-hmm. daughter.
0: We're talking today with Ainsley Earhart from Fox & Friends about her new book entitled The Light Within Me. It's published by HarperCollins. And uh, when we come back, I want us to look at the ways that we can let our light shine out specifically for our kids so that they can follow the path that Ainsley was just describing. Anyway, we'll be back with more "License to Parent and our conversation with Ainsley Earhart right after this.
3: Remember back in the late 80s and early 90s as the internet hit the scene? You know, the information superhighway? We had great hopes that this new knowledge economy would make our teens more aware, diversify their tastes, and improve their verbal skills. But the enlightenment didn't happen. Technology has had the opposite effect. What once promised great hope for the future is now used to indulge in diversions. The Dumbest Generation by Mark Bauerlein, subtitled, How the Digital Age Stupefies Young Americans and Jeopardizes Our Future, or Don't Trust Anyone Under 30, presents a portrait of the young American mind at this critical juncture, revealing the true cost of the digital age and our last chance to fix it. The Dumbest Generation by Mark Bauerlein, available in the store at LicensedToParent.org. Proceeds benefit the Shepherds Hill Academy Scholarship Fund.
0: Teen rebellion, depression, addiction, rage, cutting, and suicide are destroying our families today. But there is a way out. Shepherds Hill Academy offers a 12-month Christ-centered nonprofit residential program where kids are being transformed with a biblical worldview and often medication-free. Christian apologist Ravi Zacharias is just one of many Christian leaders who understands what's happening at Shepherds Hill Academy.
2: It really is such an honor to come alongside Shepherds Hill Ministries and License to Parent to rescue those who have been seduced along the way. Uh, I cannot gainsay how important this is, and to get behind a ministry like this, one will find the rewards to be extremely powerful in changing society.
0: Get the help you need at Shepherds Hill Academy. Go to HelpMyTroubledTeen.org. HelpMyTroubledTeen.org. This is Licensed to Parent. You'll find us online at LicensedToParent.org. And today our guest is Ainsley Earhart from Fox & Friends. Uh, We're talking about her new book, The Light Within. Now, Ainsley's been with us twice before, coincidentally at the time when her other two books were released. If you'd like to hear either of those conversations, you'll find them on our website at LicensedToParent.org. Ainsley, we were talking uh, earlier about the ways that we can live our life and let the light that Christ has placed within us shine out so that others in the workplace and, you know, in society might see it. But our, our biggest mission field as parents is right in our own home to our kids. And you've got a young daughter now who I feel like has grown up on this program. But um, <laughs> she uh, she is watching you every day. Uh, what sorts of, of things are you doing to try to make sure she sees your faith lived out? What have you observed in her that says that, yeah, she's catching on here? <laughs>
2: Well, the other day, we, we say our blessing with our meals, and the other day, we sat down to eat, and she said, Mama, Mama, we need to say the blessing. <laughs> and I thought, wow, it's really sinking in. Mm-hmm. And often, she loves to say the blessing, and she will sit down at the table and remind me regularly. That we need to say the blessing, and I just love that. Mm-hmm. I think, wow, she really—you know—if you do it, if you model it every single day, they catch on, That's and they're exactly watching right. us constantly. Mm-hmm. And I just thought that was so precious. And then one day she was in her crib, and she she yeah. was having a hard time. She was having she's going through a phase where she was having—I don't know if it was a nightmare. She was worried about falling, and. She didn't fall with me, and she didn't fall with my husband, and she didn't fall with the babysitter. So I'm, I wasn't sure where this was coming from. We were walking up the steps to the church on Easter Sunday, and she said, Mama, hold me. The stairs are going to fall. And <clears> so she had this fear, and I, don't, I talked to her doctor about it. I don't know if it was because I was trying to push the potty training too soon. So I finally stopped doing that and just talked to experts, and they've all said, and I'm curious to hear what you would say about this, but they've all said... Don't push it. It's a major change in, in an individual's life, yeah. and to us it might not seem like a big deal, but to a child it is. Mm-hmm. And so, don't push it. She will do it when she's ready. That's right. And she, you know, is asking questions, and she wants to put on the, you know, her big girl panties, but she doesn't. But I'm still doing some pull ups and diapers. But sure, um, I was. I didn't know what what was going on or what why she was in this fear, and so I just I prayed about it, and I just said, you know, Hayden. I said, God loves you, and you don't have to fear. What does the Bible say? It says, do not fear. What does God say? Do not fear. Mm -hmm. I said, when you are afraid, just say the name Jesus. And I said, he made everything. He made you. He made everything in this room, and he's here with you all the time. He'll be by your side for the rest of your life. You might not be able to see him physically, but he's with you in this room, Hayden. You're never alone. And she said, did he make this? (laughs) And she held up her doll baby. Did he make my crib? He made that, mama. He Mm. made that, mama, and was pointing to things in her eyes. Well and I just thought that
1: was so precious. <laughs> let me let me encourage you with something. She may not cognitively be aware of all the things that you're speaking to her, but I guarantee you it's getting into her spirit because you're communicating spiritually uh with, with your daughter at that age. So that's a wonderful thing that you're doing that. Uh but, but here's a question I have for you. You know, with American culture and the attitudes that have changed so much in the last particularly the last few years, uh do you ever get concerned that you're imparting a worldview? Uh, into your daughter, Hayden, that that might be completely misunderstood, uh, unrelatable, and unaccepted by virtually all the friends she grows up with in the next 10 or 15 years?
2: Especially in New York City. Yeah.
1: yeah. What are you doing to prepare for that? I guess that's the question.
2: Well, I pray for her constantly. I've prayed every single day of her life that she would be placed in the perfect classroom, have the perfect Christian friends. I pray for her teachers, that God would uh, give her... A teacher that is right for her and will um, encourage her to learn and to love school and to um, to be a good person and to be righteous and I would love her teachers to be Christian and um, I also pray that she comes to know Jesus at an early age and I pray for a hedge of protection around her constantly mm-hmm. I pray for a hedge of protection in our apartment and um, that there is no, no space for evil in our apartment, and I physically opened up the door before and kicked Satan out of our apartment, <laughs> prayed over our apartment, and I know it's going to be tough to raise yeah. a daughter in the city. And if God tells me tomorrow to move to the suburbs or to move back to South Carolina, listen, I'm, I'm game. I'll do whatever mm-hmm. he tells me to do, even though I love the city. That's... But I really feel like God created me to live in the city. And do you know that song, God of the City? Uh, God of the City? I love singing that because that's how I feel. I feel that God has put me in such a big city so that I can share his light with others.
1: I have confidence that you're that you're spot on with that, and I, I think you're an exception uh, to the rule, however, but God has exceptions to the rule all throughout Scripture, all throughout history. I'm really glad to hear you talk about prayer as much as you uh, have on this broadcast already. Uh, I can't honestly say uh, that I've read all your book, uh, but upon reviewing it, I mean, I landed upon uh, one of your journal entries from 2007 on page 111 of your book. Uh, that prayer is my heart, and it reminded me of, of where I need to be and from where I too often stray. And I teach this stuff, Angely, uh, but mm-hmm. it also reminded me, that it constitutes about 95 percent of successful parenting. That prayer alone mm-hmm. is worth the price of the uh, that, that prayer alone is worth the price of the book. By the way, uh, oh can, thank can, you. Can you share a little bit about that entry and and how uh, sure. any parent could could benefit by making that prayer their own? Uh, because when we have our parenting weekends here at Shepherd's Hill, I tell parents if you forget everything you've been taught this weekend, remember these four words: get to know Jesus. Ainsley, can you elaborate on that?
2: It's interesting you say that because I was recently at the beach and I went to visit a church. And that's what he preached on, on having a mission statement and Mm -hmm. making it simple. And he went through, like, the real thing. That's Coca-Cola. And he went through different companies, and he said, he, he said I'm going to say their mission statement, which is going to be very simple, and you tell me who it belongs to. And everyone in the audience knew. And he said, that's what you need for your family. And it doesn't have to be elaborate. It doesn't have to be a paragraph. It can be something something um, short and sweet, whatever your mission is, for your family or for, for God's purpose for, for you here on Earth. And it's funny that you say that because I thought of Billy Graham. When he passed away, everyone we interviewed on Fox News said he had one message, God loves you. Oh, Three God. words, God mm-hmm. loves you. Yeah. And so I, I love your, your mission statement, too. And that journal entry that you speak of on page 111 is about... Uh, Billy Graham's wife, Ruth Bell, and mm-hmm. I was watching a special, it was like an infomercial, or it wasn't a, I hate to say infomercial when we're talking about, about the Lord. It I was, think I know what you're going to say. Were, Go ahead. Did you, see, did you see it? It was about her praying, life. Praying and, for her husband
1: at 13? Was that the one?
2: Well, oh, oh, yes, I do remember that, yes. Yeah. So I was glued to the TV watching this, and then you could order a video about her life, and I ordered it. And I still have it. That was a long time ago. That was more than a decade ago. And I still watch it occasionally. And just to remind me of the type of wife and woman and mom I want to be. I want to be like her. And that's what this journal entry was about. And I think I wrote it. You know what? This is December 1st, 2007. I wrote that. And so that was 11 years ago. And that was probably when I I watched it. It yeah. says, I've been in New York for almost a year. From the fullness of His grace, we've all received one blessing after another. John one sixteen. 16. I just watched a special about the life of Ruth Bell Graham, the wife of Billy Graham. I want to be like her Jesus, and she and I both want to be like you. Mm-hmm. Thank you for, for being an example and sending such an amazing child, Ruth Graham, to follow you. She lived an extraordinary life because her only request was to live in your example. Yeah. And the prayer goes on. The journal entry goes on. But I... I remember a part of that video when they, they asked how she handles Billy Graham traveling so much on the mission field. And her response was beautiful. She said, we are here first and foremost to serve the Lord. And we knew when we got married that this is what God, God called us to do. Mm-hmm. I was supposed to, I wanted to, and God gave me the desire, and I wanted to stay at home with the children and raise my family. And I wanted to create a safe space for Billy Graham to come home to mm-hmm. and when he walked in that door we loved him with open arms and wanted him to have peace but she said he was gone a lot and I was okay with that because that was the calling of my life yeah. and I thought you know so many women are nag, will nag or not be okay with their husbands being gone when they're called to do that. And That's so I just exactly thought right. that was beautiful. She let her husband be who he was created to be. Mm-hmm.
1: And you can throw away all the 70,000 books ever written on parenting by heeding that advice, yeah. uh, hearing God's voice and answering your calling. And, and that might look totally bizarre uh, to the rest of the world and to half the church. But if, if you know God has spoke to you about something, uh, man, you better abandon everything and go for it. Yeah.
0: Mm-hmm. Ainsley, we are so grateful that you are not abandoning your call, and uh, every step that you take seems to be in keeping with what God would have you do. Uh, Trace and I are both amazed, by the way, that you are writing books as quickly as you are, and it's it's not like the book mill. I mean, they're all good books. Thank you. So you.
2: Uh, I think I'm going to take a break for a while. I need a vacation.
0: <laughs> <laughs> we understand that part, too. But uh, anyway— right. Unfortunately, our time is up today. We definitely want to have you back on. Uh, and next time when you're home visiting the family, you're right up the road from us, so we need to get you here
2: I know. on a horse I know.
0: at Shepherd's Hill. And
2: <laughs> no, I know. We need to do that story for Fox.
3: Hey, that would so be great. Right. Yeah, we... I
2: know. Y'all are blessing so many lives and giving kids hope for a future and a second chance. And. Yeah. God continues to bless you both because you're you're following what He's asked
1: you to do. Yeah, He really does. I mean, yeah. every, every month's a new miracle around here, and uh, uh, we're we're blessed to be uh, be part of what God's doing. That's that's the key. You, you you talked about Blackaby, I think, in your book. I think I caught that too. I did. And that's what you do, man. You 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 look what God's doing, and you jump aboard.
3: Hmm. That's right.
0: Tell us the best place for people to find your book, "The Light Within Me."
2: You can find it on. I mean, I drive people to Amazon or Barnes & Noble, uh, Books a Million. Those two major bookstores have really helped me with my books, and I'm so grateful to them. And Amazon, of course, as well. Very good. But it's called The Light Within Me.
0: Yep. Published by HarperCollins. Just came out in April, so uh, brand new. The ink is still Thank wet you. on the pages, more than likely.
2: That's <laughs> right. That's right.
0: Thanks so much for being with us. God bless you. We'll, we'll cut Thank you loose you. and let you go back and enjoy your family, and we'll talk to you again next time you're on Licensed to Parent. Thank you, guys. God yeah. bless. Have a great one. And that does wrap it up for today's edition of Licensed to Parent. Remember, you can connect with us on Facebook and Twitter and at LicensedToParent.org. We produce this program in the hopes that we can help parents be a bit more proactive in the parenting choices they make so that they can raise physically, mentally, and spiritually healthy kids. If you'd like to help us continue that work, and we certainly hope you will, uh, please join us financially and prayerfully by making a tax-deductible contribution in any amount at licensedoparent.org. Your gift can help us continue the work we do here on the program and in larger part at Shepherd's Hill Academy. So again, we'd love to have you join us. Just click the Donate tab when you visit us at LicensedToParent.org. And again, all contributions are tax deductible. Our program coordinator on License to Parent is Daniel Fazina. Our technical producer is Carl Peets. For Trace Embry, I'm Rich Rosl, inviting you to join us again next time and renew your License to Parent.
1: And remember, folks, if you don't train your children, somebody else will. God bless you. We'll see you next time. Bye-bye.